Hello and welcome to another episode of The Ope Show. I am your host, Will Beeman, and this is my weekly podcast series where I have guests from the Fort Wayne area over to my house, and I sit them down and we have a conversational one-on-one interview. This week's episode, I have a very special guest. He is the Executive Vice President of Open Sign Entertainment here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Mr. Cam Clark. Cam, thanks for joining me. How are you today? I'm pretty great. Thanks for bringing me on, man. That's cool. I'm, I'm honored that you're here. That is a very awesome intro. I Thank you. Say. That's a really professional one. Do you think so? I, I would say so. Oh, yeah. well, thanks. You're welcome. That's, that's all up here. It's all me. <laughs> no, no writers, just right. me. <laughs> um, so basically, Cam here is, um, like I said, the executive vice president of Open Sign Entertainment. They're a film production company in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Film and film production company and distributor and distributor. I'm sorry. Um, that's new. That's that's a newer thing. We, we flub it up too. Okay. And, um, he's also a filmmaker himself. He's not just in an executive role at the company. Sometimes. Sometimes. I occasionally do that. (laughs) I occasionally stand behind the camera. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start, let's start our conversation off here with, um, a nice broad vague statement that'll stump you to try and answer right away. Fuck yeah. Is, what does film mean to you? Shit, dude. What does film mean to me? Oh, man. I think that's a really unanswerable question. I mean, film, to me, it's been so different. Right. Like, so many for di- in different, like, pockets of my adulthood. Um, when I was a kid and I decided I wanted to be in films, um, I was like, I'm sorry if you hear my stomach. Um <laughs> I um, I must. I think I decided officially at nine. Yeah, because I started. Nine. Yeah, and I've been, and then I like really got into it hardcore at ten, and that's a whole different story. But um, at, back then it was like I want to play pretend. You know, I want people to watch me play pretend because I like the stories I make up. And then after that, I got into high school, and it was to make money and to get women. You know, I mean, every high school kid's dream is to be rich, right. have any woman he wants. And then I got older, and it became a lifestyle. Like, it was... I, I don't know when it turned into that. Mm-hmm. I, I've i thought of that, like, often these past couple months, even. Um, it was like... at some. I graduated from high school. I went to college. But I was doing all this film stuff. I would bail out to go drinking with my friends to go work on open sign stuff. That was a regular occurrence. That happened all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I had any friends in college. <laughs> I don't know how I still have those friends. Uh, shout out to all you guys. I know you're listening. But, like, it started, like, every day, every day, I was doing something Open Sign related. Mm-hmm. I was writing. Or I was meeting with uh, Michael Storch, our CEO, or Jeremy Storch, our COO. Great guys. Brothers. Dicks. um but no i love those two i love you guys don't don't get mad at me Uh, (laughs) um and it just like every day it was something new every day it was something we were getting we were doing pre-production for a feature we were doing prep for a short that we're gonna do in a couple days we were meeting about different like organizations we're trying to connect with we're meeting with different film groups and then we started getting into distribution before i knew it every single day of my life had something to do with open sign and i thought i was always worried that like it would become consumed but it's not this is just me now this is my life now i am 
probably not the best son in the world all the time because I can't call I don't call my folks as much as I should because I'm busy working mm-hmm. on movie stuff right uh, and they know that I hope and um, you know I just I've become consumed with it so now to me what it is it's it's my life it's who I am I'm Cam Clark I'm a filmmaker okay so yeah so see you you answered the unanswerable question then oh dude i'm a philosopher it, it just took I'm you a philosopher man. Yeah, it just took you a way to get there yeah. so <laughs> so you said it started at nine because you like to play uh, pretend it started way before nine it but, just it but really you, got into it did nine. you originally want to be an actor then <laughs> actually no 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 um <laughs> So you're going to get, uh, if one of your questions is how I got into film, you're going to get that answer. Um, it's the next one. So cool. go ahead so you're going to get that in. answer. Yeah. Um, so my parents are, well, my mother is a, a thespian. She wanted to be a television personality mm-hmm. when she was growing up. And my father wanted to be a documentarian. My dad wanted to make movies about dolphins. Okay. Uh, he said that exactly. So growing up movies have been in my life constantly constantly i must have i've seen things i saw things at a young age that i shouldn't have seen in Um, in a bad way or a good way i think it was good but the general population just of parents would probably disagree okay (laughs) um my mom and dad always criticize themselves for that parenting but if they did not uh let watch those movies with me or didn't let me watch those movies when i was growing up i don't think i'd be the filmmaker i am now so it was just like r-rated oh, movies yeah. basically oh then. just okay. movies that like like when i'm talking young okay, yeah i'm talking young young so, so your parents would have been the people that bring their two-year-old to deadpool in theaters yes okay <laughs> i saw my first hardcore film now i screw this story up every time and i'm sure i'm gonna hear it from my folks but I believe I was one. Okay. I was moving a lot as a one-year-old. I was walking. I was quick. Um, and I saw... My parents showed me Jurassic Park. As a, at one. Yeah, at okay. one. It, was, uh, it came out that year. As I was born in 92. Okay. So it yeah. had come out that year. I keep forgetting I'm older than you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the facial hair. Um... And my mom and da- and the t- my mom and dad always tell the joke about how the T Rex part would scare the crap out of me, which is funny because now it's my it's my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. If I watch that movie, I will I'll talk, I will dick around and do anything else during the film. You know, it, it just being on is fine. I've seen that movie so many times that I can say the lines with the actors pretty much. But when that T Rex pop pops up, everything gets put down. The whole room's to shut the fuck up. This is important. that's your moment that's the moment okay i always like it's just it's such an important movie in my life you know and when i was really little like after that movie came out and i think it's more like the most i remember this pretty well but this is like the earliest memory so i'd say this is four or five i told my mom and dad that i decided that i wanted to be a paleontologist like alan grant right i really just wanted to go to jurassic park because you thought it was real. Yeah, I thought that's like, you if you are a paleontologist, that's your reward. You get to go see real dinosaurs. Right. That's what I thought as a kid. Um, I, I was the same way. The first right. time I saw Jurassic Park, I thought I I thought they were real. Real. Yeah. yeah. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so like, um, after that, 
I spent a long time, like I, I, we were talking before this started, I have a lot of useless information in my head, and that's because when I get really interested in something, I spend hours or days or months or weeks learning everything about it so that I know. And that's the same way I So, like, stuff dinosaurs, well. right. I know plenty about that. <laughs> I know a lot about dinosaurs now. And I, I don't even use it. <laughs> but, like... Until you make a dinosaur film. Oh, someday, dude. Someday. I, already, I already have it in mind. I already know what I want to do. <laughs> um, so, like, when I got older, uh, I started to really decide that acting was something I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. then I got older and directing was something I wanted to do, along with acting. And then I met Michael, and that's a whole different story. But I originally, I had forgotten the original question. <laughs> what was it? It was, um, I asked if you wanted to be an actor to begin with. And oh, then you said uh, yes. it was going to morph into how you got into fl- yes, filmmaking. Yes, so. yes. Okay, so acting I did for a long time. I, I worked with Stanislavski. Uh, it's my preferred method. It's my mm-hmm. favorite practice. Um, I worked a long time on that. Just to keep the story, the story a little shorter because it's kind of a longer story. But okay. th- that's all my stories. Um, it wasn't until high school, my freshman year, I was, you know, it was the summer of my freshman year. I was doing football. You know, I had a girlfriend. I was getting my permit. You know, I was doing all the typical things you do at mm-hmm. that age. And I had to go to driving class courses for three weeks. I believe it was three weeks. So you have to get up at the, like, butt crack of dawn and go to Anthos and sit and listen to a bunch of people talk about driving. And, and to not and, drink while you do it. Yeah, and, and yep. all, that, all that shit. All that, all that youngin' stuff. And then you grow up and you, you break all the rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, um, oh, damn. So, like, during that time, those three weeks, I wrote my first script. I had an idea. I'd been playing. Uh, this was like 2008. So mm-hmm. this is like, no, this is 2009. So this is like summer. Of, this is my sophomore year. Summer of my sophomore year. That's why I don't remember this one very much. It wasn't very eventful. Except for this moment. Um, I had been playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto 4 at the time. And this is 2008. That's like the pinnacle of game making. That was the pinnacle. That was the hype. Right. And honestly, still, in my opinion, one of the last like good games of the of the generation of that generation i mean there's plenty after but right no rockstar game will ever be like that again so i had been coming up with these i've been coming up with these stories like these oh my god this story with this gangster would be really cool or oh my god what about this what about this and i was like you know what i'm gonna write a script and i said fuck it i'm just gonna do it mm-hmm. it took me three weeks i stayed up all night long Writing, and then I'd go to class in the morning, and then I'd come home. I'd sleep all day, and then I'd go. I I'd go to class. Then I'd do the same thing over and over again. I did that for like three weeks straight, not counting weekends. I didn't do that on weekends, but Monday through Friday, it was always like that. And after I finished it, I was like, "Now what? <laughs> I, right, okay, I'm done. I'll give it to somebody to read. Somebody read it, and they're like, "Wow, this is really good.'" Um, <laughs> I, I still have it. It's a it's a piece of crap uh, called the family. Okay. Uh, the Godfather, the, the game, had come out as well. Not uh, it was still one of my favorite games, but I played that a lot. 
Okay. So I came up with this mod idea. And GTA just furthered it because it gave me... Video games, for me, is a perfect opportunity to map out and choreograph scenes for certain parts. And I use it constantly. I will play a game for months just picking out things that I've done or picking out things that have happened and shaping a choreographed scene around it. Mm-hmm. So, like, this went on for about a month or two of people just reading it and checking it out and seeing what they thought. And I was finally just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. I never did it. <laughs> it was a it was a feature length film, and I could never get all the people to do it, especially I, that young. I oh, could yeah. imagine how hard that it that was. was. It was high school. People thought it was cool that I was writing scripts, and and that was before the days even when phones had cameras. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so then junior year comes around, and I directed my first play. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of it, and you know it was a really great experience to see all those people watch my play. Everyone loved it and everyone complimented on What was the play? It was a it wasn't like a famous piece. Um but it was something more like a spe- I did speech a lot so I had access to a lot of different monologues. Okay. So the scene, I can't remember the name, but I can tell you what happened. So there was like two couples okay one couple was cheating or had a cheating pair like mm-hmm. had, the male was cheating on this girlfriend with this girlfriend who whatever so i built it i put it on a table a big table on this stage and i split down the middle and i did decorative art on both sides of the table of different varieties i decorated and then i decorated the sets behind them that same way so they looked like two separate sceneries and we basically saw the conversation of both sides and then eventually the two meet in the middle which was out in front and they the two that were cheating that were kicked out in the <laughs> front and they had this really reconciled like okay now we have each other kind of moment okay so i grabbed a lot of emotion and for somebody who was like 16 17 years old they were like wow that was really cool so that's kind of when I decided directing was something I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, I could act, but directing just sounds like, you know, I get to push out a story. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always wanted to do, was to tell the stories that are in my head. And junior, so a couple months after that, uh, I get my script into the hands of a guy named Mark Neubauer. Uh, Mark Neubauer, hi Mark. Uh he read my script and he loved it. Uh, I had written a different script after this. Okay. This was not the family. This was a uh, little ditty called the ho- uh, called horse, which is a slang term for heroin. So oh. it's about a bag of heroin. Okay. Um, that script has been rewritten so many damn times. Uh, Jeremy jokes about it like all the time, um, but it's like one of my favorite stories, and I use a lot of characters now in different scenes and different films. From that originated from the horse script. Okay. Um, but he got a hold of it and he loved it, and that I had a new film connection. Somebody who wanted me wanted to help me make my movie, and of course, like a lot of projects do when you're young, didn't happen. My first like actual movie that I made was called The Exchange, and you can't find it anymore. 
uh, because it's been taken down for copyright reasons. It was a different time on YouTube back then. Mm -hmm. I miss those times. Back when it was more the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. The Frontier. Yep. Back when you could make a video, put any music to it, and not have to worry about getting in trouble. I remember when YouTube first came out, it was pretty much all UFC knockout montages. Yeah. That was like every video. Or like nut shot montages, (laughs) too. I remember that really well. Um, So, I... um, Made this short to a. This is back in my. This is back in my hardcore days when I was listening to My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy and Pack of the Disco mm-hmm. when I was a bo- when I was just a boy, and um, the song that we used uh, was a song called Mama by My Chemical Romance. And if you haven't heard that song, go listen to it because it is a good song. I think it it has potential in the scenery. It's not that okay. So let me rephrase that good song comment. It is not a good song without scenery, um, <laughs> but with scenery, it's fucking bombastic. Okay, it's got a very uh, Russian feel to it. And another, another movie that Michael and I have talked about making. Uh, there's a scene that I have in mind that was inspired by the music of this song. Every time I listen to this song, I see this scene, which really sucks because. You know, it's not that great of a song. <laughs> but um, at the time, it was this, this little thing called The Exchange, which was just this, like, gang... Like, I have this gangster universe in my head. Like, I'm so fascinated with gang universes, like, and, and different pop culture references, and pop, cult, pop, pop culture icons, you know, these different mm-hmm. references. And, the, like, The Warriors, for example, that lore is phenomenal. Right. Or, like, you've got, like, Peaky Blinders. It has, like, incredible lore. Mm-hmm. Or you have Boardwalk Empire, which uses senses of realism, but is still its own lore. The Sopranos, I could go on and on and on, you know. So I created, I've created like a gang universe in my head where all these different organizations work together. But all these gangs are different. Like, is it the the gangster cinematic universe? Yeah, that's kind of how GCU. I look at it. The GCU. It's that GCU. Look out, Marvel. I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, you two DC, you're already dying off. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that. They're trying. Oh, they're trying. <laughs> oh, boy. It's so sad to watch. Um, <clears throat> just bring back Teen Titans, the original, like the animated series from when I was a kid, so like 10, 15 years ago. Bring that back. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but... I already know. Okay. Uh, I already know. Okay. Um, but you know what? Until until I see it... Uh, you know, you won't um, believe it. Here's the thing. Right. Uh, my friend Andrew and I were talking about it, and our buddy Nate mentioned something and oh no we weren't talking about it we were just you know hanging out Nate was like oh did you hear they're bringing the new Teen Titans back and my friend Andrew was like okay we'll see and I was like yeah 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 alright to me like you don't need to bring that shit back all the stories that I want to told are done yeah. they're good fucking no spoiler um Starfire and Robin fuck they're together I'm happy that's mm-hmm. all I ever wanted that's I mean Beast Boy and Raven probably but you know like it was all about that robin starfire shit everybody was on that right everybody was like that's why everyone watched it i'm not afraid to admit that i was there to see their love explode i i I just (laughs) i will not i will not deny that (laughs) so so back to my shitty movie um so i made this thing for it was for a film class actually and i got a bunch of my Pause for a sec. Was this a film class in high school or college? High school. High school. Okay, so we're still I didn't in high school fil- at this I point. Didn't, yeah, I didn't take film in college. Okay. I went to films. Okay. 
what it that's um how far into this are we by now uh 20 minutes all right 20 minutes that's the douche mark counter uh I went to films, that's my douchebag wannabe, I'm a fan of Quentin Tarantino-like phrase, so, <laughs> sup, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I made this film in high school, and it was great, like, oh, I had so much fun doing it, mm-hmm. like, I've, I have seen it in the past six years, because it was, it was available for a while, and they took it down. You but, didn't keep any physical copies for yourself? Uh, no, this was... That's mistake well, number one. It, well, you gotta remember, I was young, and uh, <laughs> I thought that, you know, I thought it's on the internet to be there forever. Right. I was naive. Right. Yeah. Know, I didn't realize the internet was gonna go the way that it does now. <laughs> um, so, like, it has incredible shot. It has point. It has direction. It's got a purpose. Every shot has a purpose. Mm-hmm. I might... I mentioned before my parents are pretty much film people, mm-hmm. but my mother's an actress, and with her advice, her most important aspect was teaching me characterization and the importance of portraying character. I did speech in high school for four years. My mother trained me. I went to nationals my senior year because mm-hmm. of my mother. I would have known how to give off performance without her, but my father taught me the importance of shot, taught me the importance of every frame that happens. It's like every shot needs to have a purpose and a point. It doesn't always have to be a major purpose, but it has to have purpose. And watching that, I see, like, I took that. It was just I was so amateur. And just, like, there's shots that I would have cut quicker. There's shots I would have done better. But it is the most me film since before my film. Okay. It was my first film. And as a filmmaker, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you'll understand. That is a thrilling experience seeing that for the first time done when i didn't even get to preview it until the day that we presented it to the class we got the top grade we're the best in the class obviously (laughs) yeah obviously i'm not cocky yeah i promise um one of my very close friends uh delaney is probably gonna hear this and all this all this arrogance that she hears She's gonna. She's gonna not be happy about it. My whole living room is full of your enormously growing head right now. I know. Now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please don't be mad at me, everybody. Um. <laughs> wait, really though? No, I'm just kidding. Um. So, oh man, like just looking back at that movie, I was so proud of it, and I still am. Mm-hmm. I did make one other thing before that, but I don't count it. It was a book project. Uh, I did The Godfather at Memorial Park Middle School in the building. Do you want to know? You want to know how old I am? This is back when we we used guns in that movie, and we were in a school. So date that. Yeah. You know? Like we used, like we used, um, we used like these like realistic looking squirt guns. We used airsoft guns, and then we used our school's starter pistol as well. So we've okay. got actual shooting gun. Right. And it, of course, I, you know what's bullshit about that? If I remember correctly, I got a B on that. And I worked like really freaking hard on it. <laughs> like, do you have any, you think organizing students in high school is hard? Yeah, try doing it in, do in, it in, in the eighth grade yeah. with the Godfather. You right. need a cast. No, that's all you get is a B. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, <laughs> thank you so much. I hated my English teacher in, in elementary school. She was such a bitch. I hope she hears this. <laughs> um, 
So, but like this was like this was real. Like mm-hmm. My dad watched it and was like, "Oh my god, that was really good." I mean, he had his critiques as any good father should. Thanks, Dad. Right. But he was impressed, and that's that. It was, that that was it. That was the moment that I knew. No, nope, I'm a director. I'm not an actor. Okay. I mean, I am an actor. I kind of have to be now. Right. But because it's where I started. Mm-hmm. But that that was the moment that's when i knew and then after that dude like it all just kind of fell into place it's so looking at it now it's like wow fate is fucked that is crazy because like not i shit you not son not two months maybe after that mark newbauer gets a hold of me and says hey there's this production company that's doing this short missing you should come audition and that's that was eight years ago and it's just been this way ever since so yeah i'd say that's what really transferred me from high from wanting to be an actor to being a director was directing that short for school that's okay. when i just knew it was dude it felt so right like my i had friends come on set to watch us shoot like my friend eric and his girlfriend and my girlfriend came and watched and of course my girlfriend was only like, oh babe that was so good but like eric was like dude like you really took control you really knew what was up like that was amazing you did an amazing job i'm like really you think so he goes yeah dude like and from like then on like that was his senior year so like he's like no that you know he was at college i'm sorry he was in college and he was like dude this is this is what you need to do like this is what you're meant to do if you don't do this then you're wasting your time Mm-hmm. that was just it I just knew at that point so was Missing the first thing that you've ever done for Open Sign Entertainment then? it was and that was the first thing at least publicly that I know of at least that they've done I mean well. yeah publicly I mean Open Sign's been around since like 2000 and uh, I'm not even going to bother Both I will bust my balls about it if I get it wrong um, but we've been they've been around for quite a while and then I came in in 2010. No, I came in in 2011. I auditioned in 2010. Okay. But my senior year, I came in open sign. Like, I <laughs> I remember the days when I was a PA, mm-hmm. when I was just the low the low lowly member, and it was nowhere near as bad as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot easier back then. Like we were just starting. Uh, we were brand new. Um, a bunch of fucking kids really still are a bunch of kids but back then i mean there was only like four of us mm-hmm. at the t- before me there were four then there were five then six then eight then 12 then 16 then 30 then 40 so it's like it went boom 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 so did you get your start as an actor for them yep okay i was the i was the lead role in uh missing the uh sadist the serial killer um, I the audition for that role was not my favorite. Uh, it was Spirit Week that week, and I we it was Cowboy and Indian Day. So I had facial hair in high school. I had a lot of facial hair. I had a beard. I was the beard one in high school. Okay. Uh, one of two, and I had shaved to mutton chops. To I had shaved down to mutton chops. Uh, for spirit week so i walked into this audition with mutton chops 
It's one of Bozell's like favorite stories. He loves telling this story. I look like a total jackass, and I'm speaking in this like really evil tone. I remember at the time, um, my speech piece. No, I used an old speech piece. Uh, it was a speech from American Psycho. Okay. So I had these mutton chops, and I was talking like a psychopath. It's just completely ridiculous. And they cast me like two or three weeks later, I think. Okay. I mean, I don't really remember that well. It was a long time ago, but I right. do, I remember going in because I was with my friend Amelia. And then the second audition, I was actually in a school play, and I had to come after. So, like, I got in. I'm like six, 17, 6 or 17. I'm 17. No, I'm 18. No, 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 I'm 17. I'm sorry. And I come in, and I audition for the second time. And it's like 10 o'clock at night. I have school in the morning, and my dad is pissed that I'm not home yet. And I walked all the way from Southside to um, where Python Slice is, because okay. that's where our old office used to be. That's a hell of a walk. It's a couple blocks. Right. That's up there. Yeah. And then I was going to walk home. Actually, if I remember right, I did walk home. So I got home at like 1130, and I got up at 5 for school the next day. Which, and I, and I, everyone that's listening to this, I want you to think about something for a minute. I want you to take this into consideration because I had this thought the other day and I want everybody else to suffer a little bit. How the fuck did we get up at like 5.30 to go to fucking school? <laughs> Somebody, these, like, because nowadays, like, what? They get up at, they have to get to school at like 9 or some shit. Yeah, it's okay. a lot later. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck? I <laughs> What? What do you mean it's later? What the hell do you mean school doesn't start at 7 anymore? What the fuck are you talking... Like, when so, when that came to fruition, when somebody told me that, like, as an adult, I don't care. Because I don't have to do that anymore. But I felt the kid inside of me. Like, because I learned that... I mean, that's that, that, that's that's a fairly recent thing, if right. I remember right. Yeah, it's with the... So I wasn't, I wasn't that old when it happened. But I remember thinking... Like the, I remember deep down, I remember my youth just like, what the fuck? Like being so pissed. And it's like, I mean, I was in college. So like my classes were like at eight and nine, you know, reasonable hours. Yeah. I was so happy about that. Thinking, hey, all these little fuckers got to suffer. No. What? Why? And I'm sure there's some really great reason to why. I don't really care why, I but think I'm it, sure there's a great reason. I think it became like a safety thing. Okay. You, you know how things are. Yeah. It's a safety thing all of a sudden. That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. None of us were, yeah, I guess we were, we were safe as fuck back then. We were the, we were the practice kids. Yeah. The practice no generation. Shit. So like, but I want everyone to think about that. How the fuck, kid, like I'm sure there's people that get up pretty early for work now, but I want you to think about getting up for school in the morning and how much that fucking sucked. And now you don't have to do that. But now you have to wonder how you did it. Right. Like, I would stay up till fucking two in the morning and go to school at six. I'd yeah. be at school, but I'd stay up at two. My girlfriend would come and sneak over, and we'd be up till like three. She'd leave, get up, walk to school together. I couldn't do that now. Yeah, I couldn't either. I'd get up and my knees click. Yeah. I'm like 26 and I got clicking joints. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, when I, when I used to work at a nursing home... Like, uh, if I had the morning shift, I would have to be there at six and I would be up till like three 
every day. I don't get and it. And I would sleep and I'd be fine. Now if I have to get up at 6, if I'm not in bed by midnight, I'm miserable for the next day. Right? I used to pull 24-hour days. Yeah. Oh, I did it all the time. I recently stopped doing it because I just I just can't. Yeah. Eventually your body decides hey, you bud. just can't do it anymore. Hey, bud. Yeah. Guess what? Too fucking old for that shit now. So, long story short, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's the answer to your question. Right. Um, so, if you started out as an actor, how how much work for Open Sign did you do before you started moving behind the camera, like in doing okay. production work? All right. So, this is like any of our new people, including you, Beeman, that are listening to this. Uh, this was a different time. Things were different back then. I was actually pretty immediate. Uh, it was made so well, you guys were my significantly hire, smaller back then my, so. yeah my hire was weird it was a different kind of thing right. so like we wrapped on shooting mm-hmm. and i was done that was it like i didn't need to come back anymore but i i wanted to mm-hmm. so i started coming to the office i would just come just text my like hey you guys at the office can i stop by and they'd be like yeah sure come on over come over and i'd watch mike edit and mike for all you film buffs out there with, who know the term of uh, the editing eye, I can't edit for shit, but I have the eye for it. And I, I was, I'm watching Michael edit. I'm like, hey, you know, Mike, this would look so much better if you shaved like two and a half seconds off of it. He's like, you think? I'm going to just try it and watch. Did it. I was right. Did it again. I was right. And it just kept going on and on. And then I got hired in from there as PA. Okay. So... I have, like, I had, I don't think I really have it much anymore. I can still write pretty quickly if I have, if I need to, or if I feel like it. But, like, back in the, way back in my younger days, I could write an entire feature in a night if I had the idea. It takes me a couple months to put the idea fully up there, but once I get on paper, it'll take me a couple weeks. Okay. So now it's more of a reasonable time, but I can Mm -hmm. spit them out a lot quicker than, I can, I can spit them out quickly. Um... So I busted out a feature called Bluebird for Michael, and Michael read it, and he loved it. But it was in really shitty format. It was like in Microsoft. Everybody who's been a writer has done Microsoft in script form. It's a rite of passage, I believe. I don't you see. I don't think it happens much these days, but it, I hope it still does somewhere. Like any of our new people, I I want them to write in Microsoft because I want you. To suffer like I did. <laughs> it's so you got these programs now that'll. That's what's bullshit. Like you've got these. I mean, it's cool because it makes our jobs easier. Mm-hmm. But you got these programs that'll basically outline the whole script for you. It'll give you the whole basis of how a script should be written. Well, let me tell you something, boys and girls. When I was growing up, I was using that Microsoft like six whatever word, and having to format action. Dialogue, direction, notes, cuts, all in Microsoft, which means you have to move those stupid needles that sit up there to make sure it's in the right spot. Yeah. And it's not ever cooperating. It never cooperated. It always fucked up somewhere. It was always a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. So be grateful for technology, everybody. (laughs) Be so grateful. But, yeah, so after that... I would say my first short was about six months after missing. Six okay. months to a year, I think. 
I don't remember the beginning very much. Um, just because it was boring. I mean, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything for like six months, but talk about shit that we wanted to do. We weren't really doing shit. Just talked about how awesome we were and uh, we would dick around and, you know, we were being young and repscallious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, we did, when we did my short, my, oh my God, you know, my short, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever see it, I'm not going to tell you the name, but it's it's available. I'll say that. It's easy to find. I'll put it that way. But it sucks. It's so bad. And I'm so embarrassed. Like, looking back at it, like, I mean, I was young. I was learning. But, like, my film in high school was better than three. <laughs> oh, I just told the title. Well, I hope you guys heard it. I'm not going to say it again. Um... And I was just so upset. I'm I, like looking at it now. I I had I changed it. You know, we changed it up because this was my first time doing like a collaboration with somebody. Mm-hmm. I was collaborating with the Storches, and I didn't like where the story went. I wasn't pleased with it, and I I will never say it's a good movie because it's not. But that was like my first like real experience making a movie. Like I, I okay. Okay, you know what? I'm being I'm being my own worst critic here. It's fine. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. It's not good or great or amazing. It's like my dad. If if I drew a picture, my dad would put it on the fridge mm-hmm. in the basement. It's still on a fridge. But nobody else needs to see it, right? <clears throat> and what year was what year was this when you made this? Oh, uh, fuck me, twelve, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this was twelve. Yeah, okay. this was summer of twelve. Um, and then we did Phantom, and then I did Stray, and then we did Night Guys, and then we did Schism, and now we're doing I can't tell anybody. Ha ha ha! You guys gotta wait. <laughs> that shot. <laughs> so. As far as your first feature, The Stray, was your first one. That was my baby. How how did that, how'd that movie come about? Oh, man, I love this story. Um, Well, it was a combination, an accumulation of different things. Uh, The first thing, I had just broken up with my high school sweetheart, and it was tragic. It was a terrible breakup broke my heart and I was really fucked up from that for like the longest time and this was that breakup happened well like two years before anything with Stray so like a lot of that sat with me through Phantom through uh, 3 through damn it I did it again whatever It, it, (laughs) it sat with me for so long and then Michael was like I want you to do a feature. And I was like, um, are you sure I'm ready? He goes, yeah, I think so. Michael had just done one. We won an award for it. We were riding a high at that time. We were really up there. Mm-hmm. This was like our first like big time open sign. Like that event, that festival, winning an award at that festival, that was huge. Right. That was a big experience for us. That was like, wow, we won something. Yeah. Because we're a bunch of losers. No, I dare any of you to deny that. 
We're losers, but we're the loser squad. We're cool. We're cool losers, and I'm good with that. So Stray comes up, and Mike's like, well, at the time, Stray was called the Untitled Zombie Project. I did not have a name mm-hmm. for, the, for a really long time. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. Like, I had never written a, this kind of movie. And I wanted it to be, like, this survival zombie thing. Like, I mean, you got to think that, like, zombies were high at this point. This was a big time for zombie stuff. And... I, I wanted to get in on that action a little bit because I felt that the zombie stories that were being told, like at the point that Stray was getting made, this is like 13, 14. Um, I think it was actually 14, if I remember right. Um, at the time that this was all going on, like the zombie stuff was kind of starting to die a little bit because mm-hmm. the stories were getting boring. So I wanted to do something different. And I, I said before that video games have big inspiration on a lot of things. Well, wasn't any different with Stray. Um, my favorite game at the time, or my favorite game forever, honestly, is uh, Red Dead Redemption. Um, yes, I'm very excited for the sequel. You have no idea <laughs> <laughs> at all. Um, and I had just gotten the Undead Nightmare pack. I never played it before. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, did I fall in love with that too? Uh, zombies in the wild west I thought were phenomenal and one night I was playing you know being a young rambunctious college student and it just hit me I was like oh my god a western zombie but but not zombie something different you see a lot of people call them zombies in the film but they're not Mm -hmm. they're something more I don't really know what I've I've wanted to refer to them as um but I came up with I started coming up with this plot about this lone guy just going through the wasteland and looking for his redeeming qualities looking for his redemption Mm -hmm. in the post-apocalyptic America and that was it I started writing it I fell in love with it I never stopped and couple months later we were shooting and the experience was out of all the stories you'll hear up inside and tell a lot of good ones come from the stray stuff that was our second feature not a lot of companies get to that point and now we're standing at like four and we're like shit we've made four movies <laughs> holy crap I can't believe it so like stray was just like now that i look at it stray was a stepping stone but at the time mm-hmm. it was a milestone i mean we made it like it took us two years to film that it was our longest film very seasonal i'll never do that again um well i'll film in snow every open sign person that's reading that's listening to this right now we will film in snow again prepare to suffer it's fun <laughs> but like it's like even I've watched I watched it again recently which is funny that we were talking about it now because I watched it with, with, with a uh, friend of mine recently and she she likes it quite a bit she liked it quite a bit I forget just what that movie meant to me you know and now I now watching it again after years it's been it's been four years since mm-hmm. we've done that movie I feel so humbled 
you know? I feel so lucky. I couldn't have done this without, like, anybody in Open Sign. I couldn't have done this without Michael. I couldn't have done this without Jeremy. I certainly couldn't have done this without Ryan Webby King, my second unit director and DP slash brother for life. Big ditch. There, I said it, Ryan. There you go. Um, but to th- like my father, my father said it best because the night it premiered, like there was a lot of crap going on in my life at that point, like a lot of bad shit. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this was this was super important to me this night this whole weekend that whole weekend was fucking crazy like that friday we got completely ripped up and had a party saturday we got up the next day and ryan and i ryan Weber king uh he is our chief operations officer right he's one of our best best cameramen love the guy uh he's my best friend uh, we've got this new tradition now. Every time we like premiere something, every time we'll the night, the day before the premiere, like during the day, like around two o'clock, two o'clock's like happened every time. I think <laughs> we'll go play a game of pool at corner pocket, drink some beer, have a few wings, and then we'll go to the premiere. We'll go back, get suited up and then go to the premiere. We do it like every year. <laughs> it's like my favorite tradition. Yeah. I can't wait to do it. Like with he's doing his feature, he's got a feature coming up. Can't say what though, but I can't wait to do that for his film. You know, like we've done it for mine, but now we're gonna do it for his. It's like your own Lucas Spielberg thing. Yeah. How for every movie they do the opening weekend, they'll go to Hawaii. Yeah. It's just you do it on a a much cheaper level because you're not you don't have Star Wars money. We don't have that Star Wars Star Wars indie (laughs) money. Jaws money. That Jaws money. That indie money. That Goonie money. That (laughs) fucking Schindler's money. (laughs) So you do it on just a much smaller scale. Well, it's like yeah. I mean, that's like our. That's such a big thing for. I remember the first year we did it. Um, first time we did it was with Phantom because we were bored mm-hmm. and we had nothing else to do. We were hanging out that whole day and we had nothing else going on. It was a Saturday and then Stray, we were bored. No, Stray, it was more like, dude, let's go play pool again. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember sitting with the first time, uh, that's when Ryan and I, Phantom was like, Phantom and three were like the beginning of me and Webb's relationship, me, our friendship. You know, we really became best friends doing those movies. I don't think we would have been best friends without those movies. Like, I don't think we would have ever met. That's when, so, like, that's when the bonding happened and oh everything fell in the place. Fuck, fuck, yeah. You have any idea the kind of brother, the kind of brotherhood you build putting together a scene for one of your movies? It's unbelievable. I, I can't describe it to anything else. I have a brother. I have a little brother. And it's like my bond with Webb is as strong as my bond with my little brother, Connor. Love okay. you, buddy. But like doing that movie like we're looking at it now it's like i did this with my friends mm-hmm. i did this with people who believed in the picture and look at what happened now that's what all of our films are some of the actors in that all of the actors in every one of our movies is pretty are very fall in love with open sign kind of people mm-hmm. and like we were talking earlier about how much you enjoy working on set with us it's like the reason that we we smile, like, yeah, you guys said that all the time. You know, it deep down, like it touches us so much, like it means so much to us, because it's it's like we are just a bunch of dumbass kids. That's all we started as, just a bunch of dorks. 
and we did this and now there's like it's not just us or family believing in us it's other people mm-hmm. it's just strange it's weird yeah so it's a weird feeling then it's weird to like grow and it's it's just it makes me so happy so was stray successful when that came out fuck yeah it was yeah. it was really successful it was our one of our most successful uh it was the first one to really kick ass uh it kicked a lot of ass um a shit ton of sales on with amazon people bought the crap out of it we got tons of reviews all over the place it did win an award uh i won for uh, i didn't win but the film went won uh best horror feature at the kapow intergalactic film festival in corona california Okay. Um, it played in California. My mother was there. My mother went. I couldn't go, but my mom lives there, and she went. Uh, we actually got into that festival twice. With oh, we got into it with May guys too. Okay. Since so she went to that one too. Yeah. Uh, but I I have video on my phone of her accepting the award for the film because I wasn't there. She did it on our behalf. She did it on Open Science behalf. And I, she's crying like the whole time, and I'm, I was like, oh just being god. a mom. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, mom. But that was like so many people loved it, mm-hmm. and so many people, like people, had shit to say about it, of course. And it's got problems. It definitely has problems. It's definitely a first film, mm-hmm. but it tells the story that I wanted to tell in such a way that people are really drawn to it. So, yeah, it's had some pretty good success since then. And now, I mean, it's older, but it's still, like, we still sell the crap out of it. People get it all the time. They love it. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, that's good then. Yeah. So, I, like, so how how much of the success from that, like, how driven did that make you to start on your next feature? Or did you have one in the works already then? Or um, Well, I've always got something. I'm one of those people. I've got scripts banked that I'm ready to do. Yeah. Um. It was just, it, I wouldn't say that it motivated me to do another one right away, because I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. I was really satisfied with what I had. Okay. But I wanted to live on that high for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, there were other people that wanted to do other projects, and I wanted to work on those. And I did for about four years. I've worked on Michael's latest film, Schism. I'm going to obviously be working on Webb's film. Um, and then any other film that comes before that, our television show, Disconnected, which I encourage everybody to look out for. It's going to be pretty bombastic. Right, Beeman? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty cool. Beeman's worked on it. He's being cute He's being cute and humble about it. That's good. It's a good thing. You're I mean, I, I guess I should for disclosure purposes. Probably. Say that I, I work for OpenSign. He works with... Yeah, he definitely works for OpenSign. Yeah. This this whole thing was my idea. This was a, this was an inside <laughs> job. Everybody started freaking out. Yeah, the whole Everyone thing is... Just a, it's out. a long PR ad. Pearl Harbor was aliens. Everyone started freaking out. <laughs> um, so... No, no, no. Um, so it, it really gave me more inspiration to work with other people. Um, mm-hmm. But now I'm ready. I've gotten enough experience in the field again that I'm feeling prepared. I sharpened everything up. A lot of my skills were dull when we got started for Stray. Now mm-hmm. sharp as a tack. And I'm... You're ready to go then, huh? I, I have been... Okay. This is my first time really officially announcing this, so I'll just do it. I am greenlit for a new project, and I will be casting here soon, but I'm right now in the middle of pre-production, and this is going to need a lot of pre-production, but I do have a new film that I'm working on 
that I will be directing next summer. That's the plan. I might be earlier, might be later. We'll see. Well, well, there we go. Some breaking news yeah. on the Hope Show. Yeah, there you go. It's. I still get that question a lot, actually, because a lot of people, a lot of my film friends, are more like, "When are we going to see you get back in the chair?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, "I'll get back in the chair." When I, I, I'm one of those people that needs to find a project that I want to do. Right, I which is why lot. I asked. Some I mean, people, I, I have a lot, yeah. but it's just like when. You know, I do have, I have a love for samurai films, and I'd love to do one. I also have a very, very strong love for exploitation film. Love it. It is a wonderful, fun genre to do. And I'm a genre mix filmmaker, and I love, and I like to mix those genres. I have, um, one film I do have is a samurai exploitation mix. I have two films in mind with that. I have a western I want to do, a western crime film. I have biographies I'd like to do, horror movies, like war movies, horror movies that I'd like to do, like actual horror. Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't feeling it. And then one day, this one came, and I knew this was the one. Yeah, I mean, that's why I asked, because some people just like to punch stuff out continually, but I then there's some no. people that I they want to make sure they're all... I used to be that way. I've really... I don't know if it's because I'm friends with Ryan or... Because Ryan, he's older than I am by a little, by about 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. So, like... And he's my best friend. So, obviously, you know, friends influence other friends. It happens all the time. And I've really slowed down from what I used to be. But not in a bad way, you know? Like, I've relaxed. I've chilled out a little more. Before... Fuck yeah, dude. I was like, Yes! I want to do this project, this project, this project, this project right now. Right? But it's like, ugh, I'm just too tired these days. I, it takes a lot out of you to make a movie. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. But I I think that I've honestly th- waited a little longer than I wanted, I think. But I'm glad that I did because if I didn't wait any longer, I wouldn't have got the story I have. Plus, it's not like you've been sitting back. You've been helping your friends make other movies so yeah my friends and colleagues yeah so it's 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 not really like you've just been sitting in your basement staring at the tv the whole time oh no but it's just not as i'm not as uh quick as i used to be that's all it's not a terrible thing at all like i'm I'm actually glad because i've always been one with i've had energy when Mm -hmm. i was growing up Excuse me. Oh my goodness. Was that a yawn? Was yeah, that, that, that might. Have, that was the beginning of a yawn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I must be sleepy. I'm sorry, everybody. Um. So like. Ah, oh fuck. Where was I? That yawn distracted me. Oh, um. I'm just. I'm not as uh, immediate anymore. You know, I like to take things slow. I like mm-hmm. to take my time with the project, because I want it to be my very best, and I. Fully support every and any filmmaker that is that way. It's important to be that way. I think that taking your time and being patient with your work will give you more. It's not about how many people see it or who sees it. It's about how you feel about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the way I tend to lean towards things as well. It's yeah. like I have I've, I've a ton noticed. of ideas in my own head, but like, there's only... Like right now, there's just the one idea that I've been sitting on. I've I noticed want. you're you're definitely a, a man of self patience. Yeah. That's something I admire. That's a very difficult thing to be in this era sometimes. 
I'm also a little older. I had to hit my own hit my own lows. You're only like two. Okay, l- okay. Let's let's get some let's get some shit straight real quick. All right, Beeman's 28. Yeah. Okay, I'm 26. All right, we are two years apart. Two years. I just want to make well, that clear. I'm not saying like I'm a little older than you. I mean, I'm in general. See, he's saying that now to back back up himself for yeah, his public ex- image. Okay, okay. Exactly. Okay. I understand. I, I have that. to make myself look good. Right. Of course. That's what's most important in these. <laughs> this whole show is just to make me look good. Yeah, so fuck the guy talking. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, I see what you mean. No, yeah, I definitely see what you mean. I just, it's more like. Also, I've also lived a lot of life. I'm a no, but I am a firm believer that. Your age does not define who you are. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I am 26 years old, but I've gotten, I don't know how many people who are, like, double my age or mm-hmm. even older have considered me far beyond that, you know? Like, an old soul. I get, I got that a lot growing up as a kid. Yeah. And now it's, like, that old soul is coming out a little more into, like, who I am. Like, I'm grumpy. I'm grumpy. Sometimes. I mean, there's just some days it's like, man, fuck everybody. <laughs> you know, I, I just, and I used to, I used to get really upset about it. Like I thought it was a problem mm-hmm. and it kind of is a problem. I'm not denying that, but it's more like it's adulthood. Mm-hmm. I could, I will, I can honestly say on here that I only care about those that you know matter mm-hmm. the people that have been there or the people that have always been there fuck everyone else i'm so sick and tired of everybody fighting all the fucking time why don't you worry about yourself for a change why don't you focus on you that's what i've been doing this past three months finally figured out what to do to fix everything that's been fucking with me these past four years and i feel great i don't give a shit anymore yeah i'm just here and i'm enjoying breathing you know, but I am grouchy like my father. Uh, yeah, dad, you are grouchy. You keep that. You keep that in there. I want him to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and I was saying earlier, my bones are clicking. You know, I'm clicking. I'm fucking tired now. Yeah. Like I, I eat two meals a day and snack because three is just too much. Mm-hmm. When before I could eat like a whole goddamn box of ramen take a shit and then eat dinner you know like what happened yeah so i don't know man i think that the older i've gotten the slower not not slower but just the more i've just chilled out when it comes to my work more patience yeah i'd rather just wait and do one that i really want to do so that i can put my full like 100 percent into it right so like since open sign is located in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Let's let's talk about Fort Wayne for a little bit. Like, what do you think the film scene in Fort Wayne is like? The film scene in Fort Wayne is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. There are a lot of hardworking individuals in this community. A lot of people who work their asses off to get their projects. Not just us. We. So a lot of the way I look at it is that there were three film companies that were of somewhat promise when I first started. Um, and the other two besides it was us and two others both friends of ours still to this day but they fell off the wayside mm-hmm. now they're not around anymore we're the only old ones left and we see all these new ones that pop up and some of them are 
very talented and dedicated and work really hard and others just enjoy the title to have the title of filmmaker you know and that's a big problem in this city is defining those people because we already we're trying to get ourselves taken seriously and nobody does because of those people Mm -hmm. and it makes it difficult for us to work but it doesn't really destroy it either you know it doesn't really make it difficult it's just we struggle a little more than we'd like to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but the filmmaking community is beautiful i know just about every member of this community that makes a movie and i'd probably say i know all of them and they're all wonderful individuals you know of course there are apples within the tree that aren't the best or are a little more um against working together for some odd reason but other than that they're good people i love the film community in fort wayne i wouldn't want to make movies anywhere else really and and i know you've told me this before well in, in okay person. hold on I'd, I'd like to re- reiterate something before you say this okay i would love to make movies in other places but i don't need hollywood to judge my career okay that's the stigmata that people have here it's not hollywood you can't do it bullshit bullshit there are independent directors who have built their careers without any help from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Any. I'm one of those people that feels like I don't need it. Now, if there's a particular director that comes up to me, then that's not Hollywood. That's that director. But Hollywood, it's a fucking joke these days. To me, there's no more storytelling. It's Everything's an ad for a new movie. It's not a real movie. Um, to be honest with you, I'm fucking tired of it. I wouldn't work out west if you paid me. Here, I can make movies. Here, this territory is open. Here, these people are our people to work with. I open sign once, nothing more than to have our own like channel, our own Hollywood mm-hmm. in the Midwest. And everything that we do is working towards that goal. I mean, it's not our main goal, but it's a goal to have. The thing is that in each region, it's got a power of film the west the south and the east they run it runs very well there because it's run by members of the south the east the west and of course they jump back and forth but it's all the same basic formula but i think anybody that's listening to this from fort wayne can agree that only people from the midwest can run something from the midwest Mm -hmm. i'm a firm believer in that firm believer so honestly I see nothing but great growth for the film community in Fort Wayne and in Indiana and in the entire Midwestern region of the United States at least if everything we do goes well but we'll see right so that that pretty much answers what my next question was going to be so we'll skip that and just go straight into how the Summit Film Collective is going to help accomplish this goal of continually growing the community summit film collective questions fun okay that's cool no i'm down for that we've been uh relatively quiet these past couple months honestly um it's been kind of busy on our end i can't really discuss that uh publicly just yet our goal is to not just continue to encourage it but to facilitate it the SFC wants to facilitate filmmaking in the state of Indiana. But to do that first, we have to we have to facilitate it in the city of Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. 
Now we're a newer group, so a lot of our work has taken some time, but I will say a few different things here that I'll probably say at the meeting. Our website is almost done. We're building a website to put together, um, as I said before, a database for all filmmakers in Fort Wayne and Indiana, as well as other businesses that will be helpful to work with uh, for locations, for casting, yada, yada, yada. We're putting together that database for the independent scene. And we've been working on that for a while. The secret thing we're working on, we've been doing that for a couple months now. Um, things have slowed down with that, but I'm pretty confident everything's still going well. Just need to find time to sit down and look at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I can't really disclose what's going on with that at all. Okay. Um, but the difference between us and most groups is that our goal isn't to just better like educate or further encourage film in the state of Indiana. We want to, and we are doing everything we can to try and get that started. It's just been kind of a pain. Starting an organization is not an easy thing to do. Right. But we all knew that going into it, so I'm okay with it. Um, and our goal isn't just to encourage and educate. Our goal is to further grow and facilitate film in the Midwest. That's our outlying goal. Mm -hmm. But right now, our focus is Fort Wayne. So really, we're just trying to get noticed. See us. We're talking. We're trying to do something. Help. Please help us in any way possible. Um, if you want, of course. Yeah. But and and if you are listening to this, there is an, epi or an episode. There is a, there is a meeting tomorrow now. by the time this episode's posted. Oh, so where's that going to be Monday? at? Mm -hmm. Ooh, fun. Okay. Um, the meeting will take place at 6.30 at Forteza Coffee Shop, downtown Fort Wayne. It's right across the street from Pite and Slice. I can't. I wish I could tell you the road, but I'm useless, so I apologize. <laughs> so um, just just Google that then. Yeah. And we our meetings are very much just relaxing. Uh, a lot of what we do are we like people to talk. We like people to network. We like people to do what you're supposed to do as a filmmaker and discuss things with people. Of course, there are things that we're doing on the sidelines for the community. Things that. Um, We'll talk about at the meeting as well. Mm -hmm. I won't go into a lot of detail right now. Again, might go into it on Tuesday. We'll see. The 7th of August. Next Tuesday. <laughs> um, Beeman. Beeman fucked up and almost went yesterday, didn't you, Beeman? If yeah, I didn't tell you, I, you would have gone there. Oh, you? I would have been there. Oh, he would have been, been there. there. I guess it's canceled. I guess it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I was like hesitating on the date because I was like, fuck, what's that date again? Um, <laughs> But, you know, our, we want to make sure that um, the, for the people that we're encouraging and educating, why do you have to leave? I get it if you don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. Trust me, guys. I get it. Okay. I know this place can suck as a kid. I have fun as an adult. I enjoy it as a grown-up. But as a kid, it's a pretty shitty place. It's boring. Mm -hmm. I want to go experience new shit. Cool. But my father... My father... <laughs> God, kill me. Was that um, supposed to be a, a Heath yeah. Ledger Joker impression? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. I thought it would be cool, but it wasn't. It's not 2009 anymore. The movie came out in 08. 
Yeah, but like that was still cool as shit to do in 09. Everybody, I'm sure people still do that for Halloween. I mean, I know people still do that for Halloween, but I don't want to be that guy, you know. Um, my father used to, uh, my dad and I used to get into a lot of disagreements when it came to this because my dad chose to be more financially stable mm-hmm. and he had kids, he didn't have a choice. Uh, I have not, I, I don't care. I, I want to make movies and that's what I want to do. And he always told me, you can't do that here. You have to go out west. I don't want to move. I don't go all the way out there. Screw that. It's too hot. And it's expensive too, now. Yeah, it's expensive. It's ridiculous. I mean, there are benefits to living in California. It's nice. It, I've been there. I spent a month there. Oh, it was awesome. Good time. Can't tell some of those stories. Cannot tell some of those stories. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Um, but I didn't want to live there. There's no way I would want to live in California. At yeah. all. So, like, I don't know. I want to prove to every other parent that says that to their kid that wants to be a filmmaker they're wrong. You can leave if you want, but I want to give the option. I want people to have the option. So is that, like, a motivating force for you as well, then? Yeah, that's a total motivating force. I I don't know why. I don't know when, and I don't know why I care so much. I don't know when that happened. <laughs> well, no, because, really, I really don't. I Maybe it was a couple years ago. Um, I don't know. It's just some point I was like, this is where we could do this here. We could really do something here. And that's what we've been working on ever since. Mm-hmm. It's just doing something here. And the SFC is just a stepping stone for that. It's like the beginning of that. Right. There are several great film organizations in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Wonderful groups like the IFN, for example, the Indiana Filmmakers Network. I always screw that up. Uh, they are a great group of educators that are also looking to better film, but just in a different way than us. We've been working with the community to do stuff like trying to get... Uh, we have a couple ideas that we want to do, but we're just not... We're just trying to figure out, like, our footing. You know, as a new organization, that's always the hard part. Mm-hmm. And, like, we didn't have a meeting in May, and we didn't have a meeting in June. And I think that that's concerned a lot of people. And I don't want people to feel worried. It's not us, like, just falling off. It's us taking our time. Yeah. We're trying to be as calm and relaxed about this as possible without overworking. That's how a lot of organizations fall apart, is they're overworked or they're berated by other people. And it's just, that's not how you do it. Mm -hmm. That's not at all how you do it. The best way to do it is to take a very calm approach, to take a reasonable approach, and to take a rational approach. And that's what we that's what we've been doing. We're giving the community what they want what they want. And have you seen as far as the film community is concerned, have you seen support from like Hopnobbin and the oh, Cinema Center? Have, absolutely. have they helped a lot as well? Absolutely. Cinema Center goes back in my family a long time. Okay. Uh, my grandfather helped build that place with Ian Roland. My name's on the floor with my father and my sisters, my aunts and my grandmother. So that place has been in our family for a long time okay long time i've gone to a lot of movies at that place i believe i saw space jam there actually that sounds about right i don't know that was a long time ago i'm old um i'm not that old i can already hear my father oh i'm not that old (laughs) um i apologize i've been scratching my nose this whole thing i think one of my mustache hairs is tickling my nose is that what the the i think it is so i apologize if you guys have heard me like, oh, ugh, gross. Summer sucks. Can't wait for the winter. 
if you listen carefully, you can hear all of your listeners on Monday, like in the future, saying, oh, no, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Cinema Center has been unbelievably helpful and supportive. Uh, they just got a brand new uh, Cinema Center head, uh, Margaret Reeder, wonderful woman. Very, very progressive with the film community here. Um, Hobnobbin has obviously done so well and is going to continue to do well. Just the support is changing so much. The time is changing. Mm-hmm. Fort Wayne is changing. and For, for all, the better. Oh, of course. Like, oh, of course. So. Yeah, no, it's just um, we're just catching up. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most important thing that needs to happen for Fort Wayne's film community right now? We need to be recognized by local politics and accepted. Simple as that. You have a large, thriving business here that we can grow exponentially with people who are willing to sacrifice their time in order to help build it. And you can build jobs, build an entirely new system here. Something that would be great for the economy, great for the tourism tract, great for all of the shit that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to happen. The people of Figurement need to look at us. We need to be looked at and noticed. Please let us tell you our story. Let us give us... Let us give you our spiel. We're not afraid to talk to these people. I'm not afraid to talk to any of you. I'm not afraid of anybody. I want to hear voices and I want to be heard, just like anybody. Okay. And then um, just the last question here is, uh, since you've been a filmmaker yourself for a very long time now, and you kind of touched on it for a little bit, is like when you watch movies now, like how much how different is watching movies for you than you would say like you know your average person i haven't enjoyed a movie since the dark knight rises so 2012 Um, yeah Yeah. not not in terms of like cynically like i love movies dude i Mm -hmm. watch them all the time but it's really difficult to watch them now and not break it apart like trying to find out how they did this how they did this how they did this why Mm -hmm. they did this why they took this road why they didn't take that road a recent film that I watched that I actually really enjoyed trying to figure it out uh, was a little ditty called What We Do in the Shadows. Great horror comedy. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's That's, absolutely um, phenomenal. I can't say his name. I can't either. The guy, that did, the guy that did Ragnarok. Yeah, did yes, Ragnarok. Him. Yes. It's like his first movie. I'm yeah, and sure. it's amazing. Like, I spent the whole film trying to figure out how they did some of that. And the story is wonderful. Like, it's good storytelling. It's a good film. Yeah. Um, but like I, to these, these days, I like to watch shitty movies. That's exactly how I am. That's just like, (laughs) I will watch like classic good ones. Like Ryan and I have been talking about watching the Godfather for, I don't know how long we really need to do it. Cause he hasn't, I haven't seen it in forever and he hasn't seen it in forever. But like Ryan and I will watch great stuff but stuff that we've seen a dozen times like mm-hmm. I was talking about Killing Them Softly earlier that's one of my favorite gangster movies I fucking love that movie I must have watched that movie a billion fucking times with him like I bought we watched it the first time loved it I went and bought the special edition of it I spent 20 fucking dollars on this Brad Pitt movie that nobody really talks about because <laughs> I loved it so much watched it again I've watched it like four or five times since I've had it I've had it for a couple of years but, like, nowadays, I just look for crap. Like, I just... That's the only time I can enjoy it. Like, that's the really only time I can enjoy a movie now. Because it's... Like, I pull out plot holes all the time. Mm-hmm. 
like I can't go to a blockbuster anymore. If I wanted to look at a piece of Swiss cheese, I would open the fridge. You yeah, know? and it's like, like I mean, I'm the same way. Where like I used to be real big in the comic book movies. But oh then yeah. Eventually, there was this like. I, I blame, because see, I took a different approach than you. You went straight into filmmaking. I yeah. went through school first. Right. So, and I love, I love the parallel. I love the, I love to see that. I love to see filmmakers who have gone into the school versus filmmakers who, like me who just did it. Because I love hearing your guys' stories. So like before uh, college, yeah. I was one of those people that loved like everything. Like I would see a movie, it was awesome, and I loved it. But mm-hmm. now... Now that I've finished the program, I I have a very hard time watching a movie and not being like you do. I overanalyze it. Oh, and 100%. I'm starting now because I do watch movies so often still. I'm starting to get to that point where I can watch them and enjoy them again. But it's something that's happened within the last month. Yeah. And this was, and I'm done with the film program, but I have a year left of school. So this was three years. Right. So it took me see, over three years before I could come back to see. Like I'm in, I'm in. I think I'm in it for life. Like I'm pretty sure that I'm never gonna get rid of it. I've yeah. tried. I can't. I um. I cannot begin to tell you guys how much I don't give a fuck about Jurassic World. <laughs> oh my god! It makes me want to fucking cry because like, I'm a Jurassic Park fan. Yeah. Jurassic World, I would wipe my ass with that sequel, Fallen Fallen franchise. You, you know what is a good, horrific movie to make fun of as a movie for its filmmaking and to enjoy for how bad it is? Watch the Mary Kate Nashley movies. Oh yeah, no, those are classics. <laughs> no, if you wanna if you wanna see real shit, I'm gonna plug in one of the shittiest filmmakers of our time because he's so brilliant. Um, Neil Breen. One of my friends just love, told me to look into him. Love. I love you, Neil. Give us a call, dude. Let us talk some movie stuff, bro. Neil Breen is fucking amazing in the shittiest way possible. <laughs> yeah, like, his mo- some pe- I know people who have sat, tried to sit through his movies and get furious. Like, get so pissed. Uh, our friend Corey. Our friend Corey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I showed him lippets from uh hit my favorite neil breen movie um faithful findings it's the one i suggest you look into by the way that's probably his best um and he was pissed like he was like why did you show me that why did you show me this I'm like what do you mean this is awesome he goes no it's not this is fucking terrible this isn't even funny i'm like dude you're looking at it too seriously that's the problem you look at it seriously fuck yeah you're gonna hate it i mean it's it's fucking garbage yeah but that's what makes it so wonderful it's great garbage yeah but i guess i mean like bigger movies these days fuck dude i can't even i can't i just can't dude i just can't enjoy them anymore there's a couple i'll go see for sure i'm gonna see godzilla but i'm gonna go see godzilla because i want to see a movie Mm all right and what is more movie than a fucking monster movie nothing there's not a single movie that you could say is more fucking movie than a monster movie. You can't. Because at least everything else that we've seen in movies, space travel, fucking gangsters, fucking crazy stabbing homeless people, that's shit that's happened. But monster movies? nobody Ain't nobody see a fucking monster. 
and no one's seeing a real monster. You ain't seeing fucking vampire walking out and hanging out, you know, just chilling in the fucking tennis court in the middle of the night. You ain't seeing shit like that. That'd you be cool, see, though. That would be cool. You don't see Godzilla coming out from the fucking Pacific just for some air to go back down. That doesn't really happen. That's why you go to the fucking movies <laughs> to see shit that can't happen. So, like, I'm stoked for Godzilla. I am stoked as fuck for Venom. Like, I, but, but reasonably... They get you with these fucking trailers. I'm not falling for it again. They got me with Jedi. They're not getting me with this. Yeah, I, I know we have differing opinions on the current level of Star Wars. but We, those... uh, we had a two-hour conversation before we even started this thing. Right. Discussing it. But... Like and we kept it reasonable. Yeah, I which is something that you don't see he's online. He's still breathing, like, <laughs> and I'm still breathing. We're still friends. We still made this episode. Friends. Oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah. not friends. Yet, but... <laughs> um, no, we're friends. Everybody. But it's those okay. are the Star Wars is really the only franchise that like you can sit through. I can. I'm still stoked over. I can't. Everything. I can't. Like, I don't like Less Jedi. It's a piece of shit. That's my opinion. I appreciate anybody else's opinion. If you enjoyed the film, that's okay. I don't judge you as a human being, but I judge the man that made the movie. Yeah, so movie. Yeah, watching. so movie. So movie um, watching has changed. For yeah, me. dramatically, yeah. it's it, now it's got a really weird look into. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's more of like because it's my lifestyle now. It's just I absorb things that I enjoy and I see what not to do. Right. That's pretty much it. Well, Cam. Um, that's all. That's all I've got for you right now. Thank Fuck you, yeah, dude. Thank you a lot for coming and talking, dude. With me. Thanks so, for com- thanks for inviting me. I love doing these. This is so much fun. Yeah, I I had a lot of fun. And could was I speaking okay? By the way, could you hear? Oh me? yeah, you 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 were fine. Okay, good. good yeah, good. don't worry. But cool, yeah, cool, cool. um, I appreciate you coming on. I no problem. Appreciate you helping me out. No problem, so, um, dude. Thanks for the invite. Maybe sometime in the future we can do a part two. Part two. Part no, and, no, no, no. Part two. Yeah, part two. Part two. And and then we can talk into. We can debate movies or something. I'll tell you what we can, we can either do we can do that, but I definitely would love to come on talk about my next picture. Okay, yeah, because I don't there. That's like our benchmark in case yeah. we don't. If we do one before though, that's totally fine. I'm down, but I definitely want to come back on. Yeah, and then well, we can, we'll debate all of that. Yeah, that sounds yeah, that sounds exciting to me as well. So um, anyway, thank you for for listening to us. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I think Cam had a good time as well. I would say I had a pretty fucking great time. (laughs) Um, As always, the new episodes go up every Monday. You can find the show on every podcast forum now. I've gotten approval from everything by now. So if you do listen to the show, if you could go on there, please, please give me a rating of some sort. You don't have to just give it a five. Give it an honest rating. Let me know. Um, the longer I do the show is going to be just based solely off of the response I get from people that listen. So if you're listening to it, give a rating, give me some feedback, share the episode, do all that good stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter personally at WBM76. And that is it. Thank you. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.